0: I'll stand by passengers, see me at the podium here at City Center. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Monique, Laura, and Tyler are three friends that work for a major airline as gate agent, flight attendant, and ramp worker.
1: During this podcast, they will discuss
0: using their flight benefits to travel the world as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel and things to do. Enjoy.
2: All right, welcome to the Non of Lounge. I'm Tyler.
1: I'm Monique. I'm Lara.
2: And we are excited because we have our friend Craig with us from the UK. We've talked about you a bunch Uh, and
1: doors to manual exposure on
2: IG. And we met a year ago, I think the first time, right?
3: Yeah, that's right, a year ago. And (laughs) as we had
2: dinner here in Phoenix, and you were telling your stories, and I was like, we got to have him on, but we haven't been together like Lara's been to London a bunch, but we're never all together. So finally, you're back in the states, and we're all together. So we're excited. If you're listening, you may be wondering where I we're not talking about the Dallas meetup, and that's because we're recording before because it's going to be crazy. So we're excited for that. And but the time this comes out, that will be done next week. We'll have that, but we're excited for Craig and hearing some of his stories.
1: All right. So Craig, we're gonna we're gonna talk about first. We're gonna talk about your day job, okay? Because we want to we want to know about your day job, and then I have a question for you about that because you and I were DMing. Tell us about your day job.
3: Okay. So my day job since kind of like, well, pretty much kind of 20 years, I'm a television cameraman. So I worked myself up from literally, um, from, from the bottom and learning, learning all from, from scratch and so forth. Lots of hard work and, um, and sacrifice over the years and leaving friends and family in Wales to move down to London to, to get into the business years ago. So, um, yeah, currently, I film a lot of live sports. I film Premier League football. I've done Wimbledon a few times. I've done some small PGA golf tournaments. have done Glastonbury Festival, Reading Festival. Yeah, I've done some fantastic things over the years. And, um, you know, notably within the last year, working on the Queen's Funeral. Um, That's in, what in I Hyde, wanted to talk about. In Hyde Park, uh, which was, yeah, a very strange, somber event, uh, but very proud to, yeah, to be involved in it.
1: So for seven hours... You were in the middle of the street, barricaded.
3: That's that's right. Right in the middle of Hyde Park. And we had to be there so early because of the security presence and the police and the amount of people I wanted to come um, and, and see the Queen yeah, go past. So it was literally after she went from the carriage into the car to take her out to Windsor, uh, which is not too far away from where we live. And yeah, so we, we had to literally kind of stand there. So I had a little pop-up chair and um, snacks and drinks and everything, but you couldn't eat or drink too much because you were too far away from from the toilet to be able to kind of <laughs> see. That to was to my get there.
1: that was my question. I was DMing him when he was when he was sitting there for seven hours. I'm like, well, then what happens if you have to have you go to the loo? And he didn't answer me. He goes, I'm so sorry. I'm really busy right now. And I felt really bad. I'm like, oh, sorry.
0: Were you like busy sitting there?
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm like, what happens if you have to go to the loo? And then I thought maybe that was embarrassing.
3: It was kind of like, uh, yeah, rushing to stand by kind of thing. But (laughs) people were kind of obviously so... It was kind of like I was in a cage, and uh, the old tourists and everybody were all the way around me. Um, I met some girls, I think from um, Wisconsin, possibly, and they kind (laughs) of took a selfie with me with a camera on. And everyone was just kind of watching me as I kind of ate snacks and kind of sat on my phone and just kind of hung out for a few hours. And then they shut the road down. So I had to kind of like fight through the police and everything to kind of get over to the toilet. He had like a wristband because he'd been police checked and then to like rush back over to the camera and then kind of sit there because you weren't exactly sure but when when the cream was going to go past and uh, she was half an hour late as well about the time so it was about three or four hours i had to kind of stand there in my little in my little box being surrounded by thousands of people with literally just phones everywhere just kind of waiting waiting for that moment waiting for that and, and trying to trying to tell people when when she was going to kind of come past because um, you
1: could hear it in your headphones
3: that's right so we we have the uh, what's called the world feed so i could see the procession and everything through my camera so I let a few people kind of watch to see what was going on. So they could kind of see on this kind of like nine inch, um, uh, nine inch monitor, uh, which I, which I looked through, they could see what was going on live around the world at that point. Um, just to let them feel a bit, you know, um, just a little bit extra of, of of the moment that I could, I could share with them that they wouldn't necessarily see. So be a bit more involved and stuff. I had a good chat with some people and I had to pay attention. So I had my 18 seconds of 18 seconds of fame uh, for for when the queen went past um, from, you know, she passed in front of me with the Outriders and, and Princess Anne in the Range Rovers and everything went past so yeah, pretty much kind of seven hours for 18 seconds of fame, but that that went out around the world, and I was I was very proud to be involved in that.
1: I, I bet. Now was did the procession move slowly?
3: It felt like it went back very very quickly uh-huh. uh, when I watched it back. It, it was a lot slower in real life, but we had all the guards going back and forwards. So we had the horses, uh, we had the we had the guards with the with the swords and and everything. We had the cannons go past because they did a cannon salute for for every year um, of the Queen's reign as well which we could hear which was just around the corner at the other side of Hyde Park so we had all these amazing processions go back and forward a few times and I so as I was standing by had my stills camera with me and got some fantastic photos as well which I shared on my my personal Instagram for of you know of a few memories of the day as well so very special
0: wow yeah are you going to be involved in the Coronation?
3: So I'm, I'm not. So it's a lot smaller. And there's certain teams of people that work on the, those kind of events, which kind of be classed as light entertainment, whereas I do a lot more of um, live sport and so forth. Those uh, those teams are a lot smaller um, okay. and they uh, don't necessarily cross over with the, uh, with the sporting world that I do. And a more a job that i a returning job that i've done which is totally on the other side of things about cosmetic surgery is is returning uh which is a really cool interesting job to work on and and they're a really you know regular client of mine and so forth so it's all about sometimes keeping you know keeping certain people happy and so forth that allow me to be able to come on great trips like this and be here today and and have have great holidays by keeping as many people as happy as possible um so keeps keeps the bills paid and, and keeps us Yeah, keeps us having nice vacations.
0: So you guys are over in the United States for a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your trip here and the different cities and places you guys have seen or going to be seeing while you're here.
3: Sure. So we've over over the years, I've I've been very lucky to come to the states quite a lot, most west coast and east coast. And yeah, so we we originally kind of planned to bounce out of Seattle into Vegas to get some winter sun, and then down to down to Texas. Uh, But with some flight cancellations in January and some moving around, and uh, we just didn't know where to start in Texas. So we we managed to reroute ourselves and get back into Phoenix because we love it. We love the area so much. And we wanted some definitely something that we knew we were going to enjoy and get some summer sun. And um, so yeah, we yes, we ended up going, bouncing straight into Seattle, straight out uh to Vegas. We had a few days in Vegas. Uh went functionally fortunately it was only 40 degrees, which we weren't expecting, but we had <laughs> we had coats and scarves and everything on and the pools were closed and it was a high <laughs> wind warning and the roller coaster was shut and it was we We made the best out of it, but it wasn't it wasn't a good start. And then we went via um, Zion National Park. Uh, through Utah, on a bit of a road trip round to Page, Arizona. Um, I always wanted to see another national park after seeing one years ago in y- Yosemite, and um, unfortunately, the the little trail that we wanted to do was was washed away and the road collapsed uh, a couple of weeks before we got there, so the trail was shut. So we made a massive drive and didn't get to do what we wanted to do, but we made the best out of it. We we took um, a few little detours on the way through to Page, Arizona stayed there for a night saw the famous horseshoe bend and oh good i was gonna ask the grand canyon which was fantastic it was so busy we kind of wish we'd went earlier because it was a little overrun by the time even at nine o'clock in the morning there was so many people there uh selfie sticks and everything uh which which kind of spoils spoils the tranquility a little bit so we headed on down we left there and we went down to the navajo bridge which was just further down the colorado river which was fantastic and very peaceful and the first time we've i've ever walked over the colorado river and we kind of watched that for a little while and just enjoyed the the peace and quiet and then we came down to sedona uh and cottonwood and yeah we went into jerome which we thought we loved that little hillside town uh we stayed in cottonwood which is which is great and very very local and away from all the tourists of sedona but we did do sedona as well to kind of see that we did a great hike and had this great local guy who was pretty much he must have been in his 60s or 70s who just hikes every day and ended up being our little tour guide who took us around was explaining the rocks to us and and took a photo of us and and uh, kept clear company my wife well while well, i just climbed up a little peak so i could take some pictures and stuff because um she's uh we're expecting our our first baby in september uh, yeah. and yeah so she, we didn't want her to be climbing over any rocks or doing any hiking and so forth so we kept her company while i Took some nice pictures to kind of share with her, and then after that, we came down to Scottsdale, one of our favorite places, one of my most visited places, probably now ever on holiday since I started traveling long haul in two thousand four, and it's led us here today. Before we go Portland, Oregon, back down to the rain and the and uh, and the cold, before we go back to the UK, and we're going to see the city, see some waterfalls, and and relax, and um, before we head back off in two days' time.
2: How much would of your decision to go into Seattle and out of Portland was? for the seats
3: so pretty much the whole trip started around the seats <laughs> so this this is kind of like where my world kind of crosses over with with your guys so we we only did the trip just for claire's comfort uh because of the hours traveling and everything around miles availability seats uh with ba so um so originally that's why we had to the only uh, one we could get was into seattle out of houston texas to get the new club suite because uh, it wasn't even your,
2: just like good seats. You wanted the certain ones British Airways, right? That's
3: right. We wanted the club suites, the private suites, the pods with the doors on the refurb planes or the new A350s. So we that's why we didn't choose Nashville or New Orleans or anything because it was on the old Dreamliners, on the old 787 Ying Yangs. Unfortunately, BA did a, did a plane swap on us in January. So we went back to a Dreamliner 787-9 coming out with the old Ying Yang seats where they You know they ask for 111 pound per seat to reserve unless you've got status you only get free seat reservations in first with ba so um yeah so we we gambled and we got the most probably the best perfect seats on check-in i was literally like like you guys said a few episodes ago the three second rule of literally kind of getting on there click that button check in and the gamble worked and we got some great bolt head seats uh, and then coming back, because we switched from Houston over, um, the next best thing came up using using one of the websites online uh, was using Seatspy um, for a trigger. And I got a trigger one morning that um, some seats had come up on the 777 coming out of Portland, which is why we flipped our trip up as we did and, and dropped Texas. Uh, and it was a 777, refurb 777. It was showing with the club suites with a uh, blocked off first cabin, possibly for crew rest or something or, or some deadheading. And uh, we flipped over to that, and as to this day, with 40 hours to go, we've still got the club suites, and we're on. You know, it's looking good for our flight home on Thursday. So we're keeping everything, keeping everything crossed that that plane get, makes it out of London and doesn't go tech, and uh, and we get those club suites on the way back.
2: That's what it's interesting because I've noticed our listeners are I feel like are either non-revs or they're like points miles guys like you,
1: very savvy like that. Yeah,
2: that, because I feel like they they do kind of cross over. I think just today our meetup, Steve Toward. Did you see what he put us on Instagram? I did not see that yet. He posted and he got his upgrade for the flight to Dallas. I said, how nice would it be to get your upgrade days before we yeah. get our minutes before they close the door. Like, <laughs> here's your upgrade. Get your seat. So, But that's his thing. So it's, it's, it's been fun because you be write, you'll write me and you'll ask me these questions and I'm always like, I don't know. I feel bad because like, I don't I don't know because it, it's similar but it's different. So I want to help you but I'm always like, I don't know. I just wait and hopefully I get it. But you're really good at that, though, and I know you really are. You put the kind of timeline in like we do. We look for fights way ahead, and we're trying to decide which way out where we go. And also for me, how about you guys? I book my my trips around where there's going to possibly be good seats, not just open seats, but good seats. It's it's fun to watch you do it too.
3: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, even our so our flight from Seattle down to Vegas uh, was with Delta, but using Virgin miles, so we got f- we got first class on that, which was great because we always overpack, so we wanted the extra <laughs> checked luggage, uh, the seats, the drinks, and everything, and, and the you know priority check in and so forth. So to make the second flight in a row, all good. And then we are yeah Alaska booked by BA on BA miles on Avios back up to Portland. So all our four flights are on are on Avios. Um, on, on BA miles um, or, uh, or Virgin miles and um, the great thing about them for us just like you guys if you want to kind of switch around is, is you can you can book a reward ticket in business or first and, and it's only 30-35 pounds to cancel each ticket up to 24 hours before so you can book a year out and if you don't want it you only lose 35 pounds per passenger yeah. so that's really good and you get all your miles back um, the only downside for us compared to US travel and flights coming here is the taxes. the, the taxes are crazy per person it's, you know, it was pretty much, um, before I rejiggle some air miles with a new reward chart, it was pretty much 1800 pounds for us to come to fly business, uh, both ways. Just for so taxes? 900 pounds each wow. taxes. Wow. Um, Jeez. and they've since, since the pandemic, yeah, BA have, have, really racked them up to recoup costs. I think because everyone's got companion vouchers. So like we're, we're on a two for one voucher. So whatever CI buy, Claire gets it for free. So we need half the miles. So instead of like 350,000 miles, we only need 175. And, uh, and you just get that from an American Express credit card from triggering to spend over a year. Um, so we kind of got that, but you can't get away from the taxes. So they're recouping, I think money lost in the pandemic via the taxes. And in 2019, we did Seattle with BA in first. Came back out of Phoenix, BA on in business, and that only costs us less than six hundred pounds in taxes. Then, so that just shows you know a fifty percent rise well, in, yeah. in in four years.
2: Well, that's what Monique loved the Queen, but that's the one time she's cursed her. Right? Yeah, it's, it's just, the Queen's taxes. She's for too expensive getting into London or getting out of London. <laughs> yeah, and we complained because it's like one ninety for us. Yeah, so that seems like a lot. So
3: I'd, I'd love to pay one ninety. <laughs>
1: Instead of a thousand, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: that's what, there's even people that will go like we talked about last week with uh, the people that went to Dublin that get home because their tax is like forty dollars.
3: Yeah, so we can, we can actually do that before. So we uh, we did that a couple of years ago, 2018. We went to San Francisco, opened you out of uh, LAX. We went via Dublin because it was cheaper to go via Dublin because of the because of the taxes. So again, if you use air miles. If you use your Avios on Aer Lingus coming out, then you can save hundreds on the taxes by flying Aer Lingus out of Dublin. So you could do LAX return from Dublin, and it might be like three hundred pounds taxes instead of nine hundred out of uh, out of Heathrow. You've just wow. but you've just got to add on that extra flight. So yeah. you've always got to get yourself there, and obviously um, because it would be on a, a separate separate ticket, obviously you you run the risk as if you your flight doesn't Doesn't go or is delayed, then obviously you've got no protection for that second flight. So you've just got that gamble there. But, but if you play it right, you know you can win sometimes.
2: Well, that's what I was looking. I told you guys I was looking at going to London last weekend for Easter, and because fights there were good, we had a lot of open seats. Yeah, we did. Like, was it Nicole said we had one flight with every business seat was open. Out of Chicago, because they've helped so many flights. So I was going to go there, take pictures for the day with my son. And then stay for day. And then I found Ryan Air to Dublin was twenty two pounds, and they had a deal where kids twelve and under flight for free on their site. So I was like, "Well, he's free, so it would be twenty two pounds for both of us, wow. and then the forty dollars for taxes back to Dallas." I was, like, and then you'd have your through status as well on there. And then my wife shut it down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, was like, I want you here for Easter,
2: and I was like, "Okay," which is good because we have a lot to do this week, but. Yeah. So a lot of people will go over to to Dublin just to get that. So it's it's, it's another thing that crosses over.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's the kind of Heathrow curse. It's everybody wants to fly in there, but they're they're just pricing out some people and it might come back to bite them one day, unfortunately, because there's a lot of companies that are moving on to Gatwick. Mauritius has just flipped their flight from Heathrow a few few times a week over to Gatwick now and they're going daily. So, you know, so they're, and they're, and, and BA don't even fly to Mauritius daily. So they're, they're losing some people. I think Saudi are now picking up a flight to Gatwick as well. So so Gatwick's kind of coming into its own. It's it's it was pre COVID the busiest single runway airport in the world. Literally okay. landing taken off with the separation, literally ones up, one's down. Like the choreography there is I've only been spotting there once. It's 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 fantastic. When it runs well, it's amazing airport.
1: That's good because we really haven't
3: talked about Gatwick.
2: Was the youth that sent me the video, the prank they did at Gatwick? Someone put up a huge sign that said welcome to Stan
3: Oh, so um I think I think <laughs> possibly so I think it was Luton. Oh Luton. Um yeah, I think it was I think I remember rightly. I think it was welcome someone put outside the window welcome to Luton to freak people out if they were kinda of going to T4 <laughs> Gatwick. Um as as a as a as a prank in it. I think it, yeah, that went viral. Because the joke is that Luton Airport is so bad, it's probably like I, I don't know what your equivalent airport would be here of, of something which is like a shed on a hill, and um, <laughs> and it has yeah a lot of pa- parties that go there, and it's not to say the friendliest. It's all low cost carriers pretty much, yeah. And so I don't know what your equivalent would be, but it's yeah, it's not a. I've I've been out there for work a couple of times, and it's it's not it's not great. I'll try and avoid it if I can. So that's, that, <laughs> so that's what made the prank even funnier because yeah. nobody chooses to go to Luton. <laughs>
2: Actually, yeah.
0: But That reminds me when I was just out of high school and I worked at the airport pushing wheelchairs. We would meet the Hawaii flights in the winter. And it, when you they'd land, so they land like at 6.30 in the morning and everyone comes off like half asleep. And my friends and I would go, welcome to Denver. And just to see their faces as they were (laughs) like, I'm not supposed to be in Denver. (laughs) And we just giggle as they like walk past all confused. We thought it was so funny. (laughs) That's
1: funny. I have actually flown out of Stansted. Can you believe it?
3: Okay. Oh, wow. Is that your... Your eye in there?
0: Did you just see his impression of Lara go down a little bit? He did. He he looked at me and I'm like, huh.
3: Well, Stansted is at least a the airport looks like a, an airport it's it's fairly modern they, they film a lot of if 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 it's a tv show like come fly with me the yeah. kind of british parody of of the airline which i've sent you a few things that. which is a fantastic show which has actually been cancelled in the uk now yeah it's 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 fallen part of kind of today's yeah today's kind of culture that it's it's not being, being part of the bbc as well that they you can't watch it anymore um, on on the TV or, or kind of buy the DVDs. You can't even find it
2: on YouTube anymore because I keep wanting to send people those links to yeah. those. that was a, such pretty, a pretty
3: much yeah. We we managed to find a copy on eBay because we, we it's a fantastic show. Yeah. Um. So we we got a copy on eBay. So we, we kind of got that saved away. But it's um yeah. So there's a lot of TV shows are filmed at Stansted. They're okay. they're very welcoming for kind of filming TV shows. It looks good. Uh, they have the kind of space there. So a lot of nearly everything that's filmed around a, an airport in the UK is is pretty much pretty much Stansted, That's, but it's, again, it's, it's another kind of low cost carrier gateway, but is, Emir- uh-huh. Emirates fly in there and, and it's, it is a bit cheaper than, than going anywhere else for Emirates in the UK. So you can still kind of, it's just a, it's just a triple.
1: Does, does your employer know that you're an
3: avgeek? Um, so I wouldn't say so. I mean, I have so many, cause I'm self-employed, I've got so many clients and so forth, but a lot of clients are well the person that kind of books you. A kind of faceless in a way of the big broadcasters and as as an entity oh. and so forth. Um but yet yeah, the odd person at work, the other camera guys. Because
1: um, I would it, think that they would send you out on those assignments. I
3: pushed the, you know, my love of aviation and buying my first camera and starting to properly spot in, listen to the podcasts. COVID kind of triggered everything. Um yeah. from listening to so from from Next Trip, I found you guys and then standby secrets and, you know, um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. There was so much downtime and I just found podcasts and then bought a camera and, and, and everything kind of stemmed from there. It's kind of weird in the last kind of couple of years that my new kind of hobby, it, it took COVID to kind of kick it off weirdly. I always had a love of aviation from living next to Cardiff airport as a kid. I used to ride up on my bike with my friends. I collected postcards. I've got postcards of airlines that don't exist anymore, Dan Air, Britannia, a Europe. Um and um also Concord used to come and land and, and do pleasure flights in in this little Welsh village and it used to rocket over the house. Oh, wow. <laughs> and people would come from all over Wales. You couldn't get moved around the airport and it would fly over your head. You could literally get by the ILS and almost touch Concorde coming in. It was so I have all those memories as a kid. Um, so it's always kind of been there and it's literally only in the last couple of years that I yeah, took it on as a hobby and wanted to get out the house and kind of do some things in my downtime.
2: Yeah, cool. That's what I, I picked up probably the same time too with COVID. Just before, but then with all the free time.
1: So so did you non-rev to to LAX? What, yes. You actually non revved Yeah, but... As, How did as, that as, happen? So as much as,
3: yeah, I guess it, it would be kind of classed as, yeah, as, as non-revving, but an expensive non-rev being oh. with the UK taxis. <laughs> so not as good as you guys, but it felt, to me, it felt like it was almost free um, for the cost. So I used to live with somebody in London for like six years who became like a big brother to me. Um, and uh, he now lives in LA and his sister was a crew for an old airline, which got absorbed by a, a British uh, legacy airline. And I was literally talking about going to see her brother in LA. And I had some quiet time in February and I had like a, I'd always look for like a break. I said, like, oh, I've got a 10 day gap. Okay. Maybe I could do something. And I was just in touch saying, I think I'll go out and see your brother. I might go out and get some winter sun. And she was like, oh, well, my family haven't used my benefits for a while. And I can have like two people on it, but I can only change them like, I think it was like once a year. She was like, I could put you on your benefits. Like, I I think I could do it in like a day. And I was like 200 miles away from home working on a a football game up in Yorkshire. And she managed to kind of get me on. And I was like, oh, well, can I do it? Like, what would it cost? Like, can you have a look? And it was literally kind of like nine o'clock. I think it was like on the Sunday nights. And she said i've got you on i've got you on standby it's going to be like 220 pounds which for me was like amazing the flights are normally about 500 yeah she was like you're on standby you're not guaranteed and you just got to go to the airport and just kind of wait and stuff so i did the football game the next day and i left yorkshire at like 11 p.m i got home at 3 a.m in the morning i had three hours sleep i got up i packed a bag and i got a taxi to heathrow and there was three flights at that time uh, to la direct on this airline and, and I just went there and I couldn't get access to the staff room because I wasn't staff. So I just had to, I literally just had to wait to check in. I just stood there, refreshing my phone, refresh, 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 because <laughs> they said, oh, you just have to wait there. You'll find out about an hour before. So I thought, consider you guys, which could be a minute before the door closes. They said, you'll know an hour before. So I kept looking, looking and a seat came up and I was like, I've got a seat come up. So I mean, I can check see You've got a seat assigned. You can go. Okay. So I said, like, okay, fantastic. So I went through, got some food, went straight down there check my bags in because again i always i always travel well i don't like like you guys like you pros i always overpack, and i had a huge case of 20 odd kilos or whatever with me with absolutely everything i could want to take in (laughs) there so i can bring back (laughs) snacks candy mountain dew anything from the states that i love (laughs) my clothes all that kind of stuff so i had plenty of room and yeah i went through and it was it was on it was on a 747 And, and this was in 2014 which like literally you look out at terminal five and it's just seven four seven seven four seven telltale tell, tell. it was just you know fantastic sight to kind of see it and yeah i walked down there and i was told to i was told to dress smart because i think that was the kind of dress code at the time so i had some chinos on and i had like a smart jumper and everything on and and on on my you know be told to be on my best behavior because you guys say you've got to you've got to tick all the boxes when you're kind of traveling non-rev and so forth, you know, because you're representing the company at the time. And I got to the door and the purse, if you will, was, was there. And, and he, um, and I think he maybe even had a computer, a little computer there. And, and he kind of said, are you traveling on your own? And I said, yeah. I said, okay. So he he took my boarding pass and he typed it on a computer. And I was in like row 53, literally right in the back of the tail (laughs) in the middle, which on a 747, it just used to fishtail. Like you couldn't sleep much because it was just used to, the vibrations at the back were so, so bad. And he gave it back to me and he said, Oh, you're just, you're just on the right. And I looked down, and I was like 17D. And I walked through and he, he bumped me up to, to business. Oh, wow. So to, to Club <laughs> World. And I was just like, Oh my God. So I was like, message everybody taking photos <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and apparently there was a rule with staff travel that you weren't allowed to, uh, take any of the immunity kits and like pajamas and things, which I didn't know about. So I was, I was kind of taking everything. Oh, yeah, I'll have <laughs> that. I'll have this and, and everything. And I had steak. I had steak and then I had a vodka and it was, Oh, it was fantastic and I was I was excited like all the way I was like a child it was it was fantastic <laughs> and yeah it was it was it's a great flight one of the guys came back and chatted to me and said oh oh I hear your crew and I said oh I'm sorry to disappoint you I'm friends and family of a crew member and stuff like that and he was like oh okay then it just kind of like he didn't kind of hang around but he just kind of wanted to kind of come along and see who I was and what I was up to and where I was going and stuff and, I, and but it was nice for him to come along but he I was saying, sorry to disappoint um you know I'm just a like a regular guy just kind of traveling on on benefits and so forth
0: he um, was hitting on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Money. my first thought. <laughs> <to him>. <laughs> <laughs> <I> was <like laughs> it was I was just pretty smart that day, I couldn't say. Okay. Well it's <laughs> he was trying to take care of his own, right?
2: Because yeah. he always puts on rows in the middle, in the back. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think they like to huddle together, <laughs> <and> numbers. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, the, the fact that he, they did that for their people, checking they, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah even even your friends or family, you're still part of the. Yeah, because it was was in it
3: was yeah the same airline, so it wasn't yeah. kind of like zed in with somebody else. It, it was within that kind of airline stuff, and and maybe they all yeah were kind of like yeah trying to like you say, trying to help everybody out. A lot along the way and give everybody a nice treat when they, when they, so that was on the way out. And then on the way back, so this was, this was an A380. And, and, and we, we went up to, um, I like to basically squeeze every minute and every second out of every holiday. And sometimes I push my luck. And I haven't today touched with missed a flight at all. I've come very close and this is the closest. And again, this is, this is a non rev story. And, but being a non rev, I couldn't say anything because I was representing my friend's sister traveling on a, on a staff ticket. I nearly missed the flight. We went all the way up to Malibu and we had like four or five hours before the flight when we left. Obama was in town. I'm sure it was Obama next. It was 2014. And he was in Nobu on, right on the PCH in Malibu. They'd shut the whole road down to get back to their house, my passport <laughs> was there, was my bag was there, and I was working in forty eight hours, so I had to make that flight. It was the last flight. It was nine thirty at night. Yeah, the road just stopped, and the further and further we got down, you thought, oh, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And I nearly ran out of fuel, so I had to like go <laughs> in and get some fuel. And the only way around was to go over to Malibu Canyon or to Panga Canyon, or over to the one hundred and one at rush hour, which doesn't move. So I ended up literally kind of getting back to the house. I literally ran in, said goodbye, put the stuff in a car, raced over to LAX trying to get the the rental car company bus to kind of go asking for a favor she wasn't moving <laughs> i was just like looking at my watch i literally ran into lax i think it was like minus 59 minutes before departure with the hour cut off international flights wow. and they she was taking all the barriers down the sign was off saying it was closed oh no i begged them i was just like, i'm so sorry i've got i've got to get back i'm stabbing it. you know i'm on the uh, staff ticket and stuff she let me through which is great. And I said, "Look, if you got a window or at least an aisle or something." And, and she was like, "I don't. You have to ask at the gate." I said, "Okay, no worries." So I ran to the, uh, I ran over to the gate. I literally there was nothing open. Thomas Bradley, LA. I grabbed like a six dollar muffin. Um, I ran over to the gate and I said, "Look, you know, is there any chance of a window or an aisle?" And she said, "Oh, we're pretty busy. Let me have a look." And she look. She said, well, you've, "You've already got one." So I was like, "Okay, oh, 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 fantastic." Okay, she took my boarding pass, ripped my boarding pass up, <laughs> gave me another boarding pass. And then just said, okay, but you know we're, we're bored now, so can you can you kind of get on? So I was like, yeah, fine. Check check my passport, check the boarding pass, let me on. Upstairs, mini cabinet at the back. best part of economy on the A380. Uh, I think it's like a two three two upstairs with the big bins. Some guy was in the seat, and I was like, oh, sorry, I think you're in my seat. And he says, I oh, know this is my seat. And I said, Are you sure? I showed him my ticket, and he showed me his ticket, and I had his name. They gave me his boarding pass, so they duplicated his. So um, and it beeped when I uh, went through through the gate and they didn't recognize that it obviously would say that passenger's already on. Yeah. So they let me on the flight basically with someone else's ticket uh, with my obviously, but with my passport. Yeah. So I, I checked in with the gate agent and yeah, they said I already had a, 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 an aisle seat. So I went upstairs and they, they checked my boarding pass and they checked my passport, let me on. I went on, somebody was in the seat. So I was like, excuse me, I think you're in, a, in my seat. And he said, I'm sorry, no, this is definitely my seat. I said, I'll oh, can I see your ticket? So I showed him my ticket and I actually had the same boarding pass. They duplicated his boarding pass, gave it to me and let me on the plane. But I couldn't say anything because I was traveling as a non-rev. Um, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it because I didn't want to get, get my friend's sister into trouble. So they were just like, oh, well, we don't, I'm not sure if we have a kind of seat for you. So I stood in the galley and they were on and off the phone and, and trying to find me a seat. And then they started to push and then they were just like, we just need to get you sat down somewhere. And in the end, Jeez. so are so you
1: thinking spinner? Because I'm thinking spinner. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking it's
0: so like the term we use as a spinner, because you just keep spinning around looking for your seat assignment, and it, it, you and don't there's have no one. seat. Yeah, there's no but seat for also, you. Also, is an international like that's a huge could be a huge violation if someone's on that plane that's not supposed to be. And yeah, they already close the door and we're pushing back, and you're still not in a seat. That's crazy.
3: That's it, because that would have been down to the airline, right? So the airline would have got into trouble. Not not, not the airport, you, guess, no, right? not you. So, yeah. So the airline would have obviously for letting me on and possibly random on board yeah um, yeah um <laughs> so yeah so they put me so i ended up with a bulkhead seat with massive extra leg room upstairs which worked out well but it was a middle but i took it because i just needed to not I need to be on that plane because I was working the day after. And I was just sat next to the worst person. Um, and <laughs> they were literally thrashing around for the whole flight, trying to sleep. Oh. They had their feet on the seat. Oh. They had, uh, they were like on me, they were in the aisle, they ate and, and literally they had a couple of bites of things and they were still running service. And she threw her tray on the floor, <gasps> went to sleep and just kind of like kicked it out of the way. And it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't a fun flight, should we
2: say from start to finish, but that's literally how flying with Monique is every flight. <laughs> She's the worst.
0: When crew came by though, we were like, "That's hers. That's not my tray."
2: Like,
0: <laughs> I'm being respectful.
3: So yeah, so but it you was were still on the upper deck, right? Yeah, it was still on the upper deck, mini cabin at the back with the bulkhead, but not a great seat, buddy.
2: Oh man! For a nice short eleven-hour, twelve-hour flight, pretty much overnight.
3: I think it landed like the nine thirty lands about three thirty. And then literally kind of got home, went to sleep, went to work the next day. But you know, I got there for like half the price. So, and especially because I went business on the way out, I'd, I'd I'd do it again. Did you sleep really good that night
0: when you got home? Then
3: I think I literally must have collapsed, yeah. So collapsed.
0: <laughs> so then, there you go. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> Help you sleep better. Yeah. Get back in your time frame. You think
2: right? L.A. traffic's bad? Imagine having the president town. Yeah. I bet it's. Yeah, it I'd was, be freaking out too.
3: They, they were literally checking all the cars with those kind oh. of um, mirrors underneath for kind of, uh, um, you know, whatever. That's that's underneath, hidden underneath the car and stuff. So um, they literally slowed the traffic down so they could get dogs and walk around every car to let you past. Um, but there was no notice of it and nobody knew what was going on until the last minute because obviously it was secret that the president was having dinner at Nobu. So it was, yeah, it was bad. It was, it wasn't, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a scary day. I thought I was going to miss that flight.
0: So you started a new travel job. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what you're going to be doing?
3: Thanks. Yeah. So this is all, this is all so recent, literally kind of a couple of weeks. So it's kind of just settling down while we're on holiday at the moment. And letting and it kind of sink in. So I was rushing around telling everybody, friends, family at the gym, setting up an Instagram, a Facebook and everything. So the last kind of year has been a little bit quieter in television for me. So um, I wanted to do something positive and I've always had a passion for, for travel even more so now with aviation and i've been planning holidays for friends and family and, and myself since um 2005 2006 from snowboarding in tahoe for, with with 11 friends um, and renting a house with a hot tub at the bottom of one of the lifts and and kind of four four suvs and and kind of flying premium over to san francisco and then having nights in san francisco and and doing all that kind of stuff to to road trips like we're on now um, in in California, Nevada, and everything, and and building building the trips bespokely uh, for myself, and and now now for my wife as well as we travel. And you know, one of the best ones we did was, which was totally different, was to we flew into Kuala Lumpur, and uh, we flew from Cardiff Airport actually in Wales. Qatar started just before the pandemic started a direct flight from this tiny village in Wales up to Doha, which was amazing on a seven eight seven eight. So we flew that. Uh, we went via Doha, out to Kuala Lumpur, um, stayed for a night in the hotel. Uh, I think it was called Aero Hotel, so we actually stayed in the airport there, and then got the fast train into Kuala Lumpur. And we went to a bar, which I was first chatting to to my now wife on holiday in two 2000- thousand. 2017 uh 2017 i was on a bar in kuala lumpur uh, if you've never been there and you're going to kuala lumpur it's called the heli bar and it's a helipad on the top of a building which at cool. five o'clock every night closes once the business traffic has gone and they turn it into like a bar with a dj cool and it overlooks the patronus towers and the whole of kuala lumpur and you're literally on a helipad it's That's the awesome. craziest thing and i took her back there because i was chatting to her and sending her a message in 2017 before we started dating and, um, we, so we went to Holland for the night and then we came back and then we flew off to, we flew off to Bali and then we went off to Lombok, which is next to, uh, next to Bali. And, and we finished off with a, a boat ride because you can only get to this tiny Gili Island called Gili Gede, and it just had one hotel on at the time. And it only just had power a couple of years ago. And, um, and it was just a fantastic experience. And we had a private pool villa right by the sea where they come and lay your table for you at night for less than what our hotel is costing us in in Scottsdale yeah. uh, tonight. And it was, we had our own pool and everything and the full lounge, bay doors that open up, unbelievable. And I planned that all myself, all, all bespoke. So so yeah, so I wanted to do something that I had a, a passion for and it's always been in the back of my mind and I nearly fell out of television. I just went through a rough patch um uh, quite a few years ago and I nearly chucked it all in and, and went to work for a travel agent on a high street. And I'm glad I didn't. And but an opportunity came up where somebody in a gym class recently mentioned that they were uh, an at-home travel agent, and I just said, like, you know, have you got any advice? And she said, check out these two companies. And I looked at one, and it sounded interesting. I just dropped them a message one day out of nowhere, went on a bit of a rant about my love for travel and aviation and everything, and and I and I got an email back and said, would you like to have a chat? Which turned out to be an interview for kind of like two hours, uh, um on on Teams, and and they were so impressed and they loved the enthusiasm and and absolutely everything about what i've done for you know in in my life for travel and um, and they offered me a position and i i did my training so as as of now i'm a, a independent travel they call it an independent travel associate so it's it's I'd say a consultant is a better word, and I work alongside a company where I literally can book anything for for anybody to so a cruise, to a uh, city break to New York, to anything for for anybody kind of based in the UK. You know, I've I've set up my social medias and everything, and um, and I'm just kind of waiting for that first customer. So, and and every day we're we're learning, it's training and everything. I'm quite excited to run that alongside the TV job, um, for my office at home, and and I I think it's going to be a great yeah a great little side thing uh, going forward, which. Which in the future might become a bit more full time.
2: So, do you do do, you do big groups or small, like a, a family? Like Lara will go on these big group tours, or like Monique will do like Spirit Airlines to Chicago. Like, where do you, where would your <laughs> kind um, of groups?
3: So, it's not some So, it's it's definitely it's definitely kind of a holiday rather than just a flight. I can't I can't compete for the instance of like okay. doing a Ryanair flight because they. It's just, there's, yeah, you just can't compete with those just flight only kind of things. But as soon as you add a car hire or a hotel, it becomes a, what's called a DP, a dynamic package. And from that, that's when the airlines will give me a discount. So I can go on there and I can say this, this flight, uh, New York with Delta is a is thousand on its own. At a hotel, that flight's now offered to me at like 700 because you've added a hotel on. And then obviously then within that, then that gives me the ability to then uh, build a package around it hopefully offer the, the customer and the clients a even price or a better price. But instead of calling up a big company and getting someone different every time, they call me direct, they deal with me. So it's almost like a, yeah, like a concierge service to book your holiday. Whether you want to go to, you've got a family, you want to go to Disney, you can do that. I can do attraction tickets you can do the flights, the hotels, the cars, the transfers. Um, you want to just go to New York for a weekend, you can do that. You want to go on a cruise, we can do that you want to go on a package, what we call a, a package holiday in the UK or bucket and spade holiday. You want to go to Spain. You want to go to Tenerife. You want to go to Greece. Uh, and you want to go on the charter airline where everything's included. Then I can also do bits of that as well. So yeah, I can literally build whatever, whatever somebody wants. I can pretty much work with it. So it sounds yeah. perfect for you. Yeah.
2: When I know of you, like, it sounds like perfect and, for you.
3: And, and I hope that, you know, I maybe become a US specialist because I've been here so many times and have so many great memories and, and trips and experiences but also with my love for aviation i've got the little bit that even the flight experts might not have of the right seats the right planes the right airlines the right connections the lounges to go to and all that kind of stuff so i hope that might just add add to add to it as well that you know someone might get that extra little value for me but it might not cost them a penny more
2: so what's the name of it Keep...
3: so I, I i went back and forward and i ended up with simply bespoke Travel, so it, it's it's literally what the name says is that that I can do whatever you want. And it's as simple as that, and and it, and it you know it can be as luxurious or as simple as you want as well. I nearly got Phoenix in their name, uh, as well as my kind of TV company name because of my connection with Phoenix in Arizona. But there was already a company uh, called that in the UK. I didn't want to trip over it, and I didn't want them to possibly get any of my customers, so I kept it separate.
2: <laughs> Perfect. So we'll put a link in it because, but you you can only do UK. People right, Is pretty, that- pretty much. So okay. I mean,
3: I could, in theory, I could book for people outside of the UK, but because of the protection, the the monetary protection that you get from the from the ATOL and the ABTA licences, if if the airline fails or the hotel fails outside of the UK, you wouldn't get that protection. Okay. So if you didn't have uh, the right insurances and so forth, it might be just be a diff- difficult if you had any issues. It's so it's it's kind of really built for yeah for UK residents. Yeah,
2: you know, we'll put a link to that. So Because yeah, we have a few listeners in the UK, and this is just you and Claire listening over and over and over. But
0: yeah,
2: I think you'll be great at that. So I know you're thank just you. getting going, but I, I can see you doing really, yeah, really it's, well. Yeah, it's hopefully a start of a
3: yeah of, of a great journey, and and you know I'm gonna tell everybody about this trip. You know once once we get back, and, and somebody might see something they want to do. And when I can tell them, tell him how to do it.
2: explained how you had winter and summer in the exact same trip, 40 degrees that's and 100 it. degrees.
3: I don't think I've ever been on a trip in any of the 20, 30 countries I've visited that over the years where I've had a variation of pretty much 35 degrees Celsius within a week. I, that's, you know, it, within the same country or within a few hours of each other. It, I think that's that's a first for, for me
2: yeah it's changed a lot last week so well thank you for joining us yeah this thank has you been Craig. Fun.
3: it's been really fun
2: yeah we wanted yeah, to do you. this for since last year when you kind of told us some of that la that's like gotta have greg on so so thank you and uh thanks for joining us and i know you didn't come for us but we appreciate you well,
3: thank you for having me here it's 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 weird that yeah after meeting last year and stuff that way kind of we've ended up in phoenix again we've managed to kind of meet up again and um yeah all through the aviation community the podcast and uh and and yeah, and, and making new friends. It's um yeah, it's it's, it's been it's been yeah, a great experience, and it's, it's great to be here. So thank you for thank you for having us along.
2: And you said you would come to Dallas if you hit the lottery and Vegas. Did you hit the lottery?
3: we we, we did no. pretty much I pretty, I, well if, if you call 26 bucks the lottery then um then yeah but unfortunately not i've got to go back to work on saturday yeah. so we've got to fly thursday um on, on the overnight flight back so then i can get back um and get the uh, click and crack the whip on saturday and get me back working uh, to pay for the trip
2: well thanks for joining us thanks very much thank you and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week
0: bye this has been Non-Rev Lounge. This episode was sponsored by Staff Traveler, which is the number one app to get your non-rev loads. It is used by over 400,000 people from all airlines in the world and built to make your non trips easy and stress-free. Sign up now for free at stafftraveler.com forward slash non lounge.
2: We- I
1: think someone's here.
2: That's okay. Let's we get back in. Yeah, the- yeah, sorry. No, cool.
1: Wait, sure. Let someone else on and you had your passport. That's where we left That's off. That's okay
0: but the gate agent in me is freaking out right now <laughs> i
1: yeah.
0: an
3: international you're not yeah, like, I'm like is, oh no because I was like I could have been anybody they let me on the plane yeah but I couldn't say anything because I was a non-rev yeah. so I couldn't go what the hell are you doing why have you let me on with this person's thing because then I would have been I would have got yeah. so I couldn't say so I had to keep my eyes shut